Hey, well, it's great to be with you uh, this morning. Thanks for inviting me to one of your One Church Sundays. It seems a very special occasion. It's, it's lovely to see friends from two different churches in the same room together, catch up with people we haven't seen for some time. Um, sorry, uh, could I just ask, we have the words uh, back up of that last song. Sorry, I just saw the words person, Joe, running away. Joe, come back, please. Here we go. Here she comes. Panic not. Just for a moment, I felt there was something quite prophetic in that, which I just want to... We've been singing... Yeah, brilliant, thank you. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. And I want to encourage us to expect that to happen over this next hour. I'm not preaching for an hour, by the way, I hasten to add, but I'm just thinking, over this next period of time, break through. I believe God wants to do breakthroughs amongst us today. He wants to change things which have held us captive. He wants to set us free from things which have ensnared us and stopped us being the people he's called us to be. He wants his light to penetrate deep into all the shadows of our lives, of our hearts. And as he does that, he wants to set fire to us by his Holy Spirit. He wants to cause us to be drawn closer to him as Father. And that's part of what the Holy Spirit does. He draws us to the Father. He reminds us who we are in Christ. So I just want to encourage you, as we spend time in his word, uh, I I believe God's got lots he wants to say to us prophetically as well. I've I've seen people keep on coming up to Paul going, what about this, what about that? Uh, And uh, I've got a few things I feel God's given me as well, which I want to share. Uh, Let's look for this to happen. Yeah? Amen? Is that in our hearts? We've been singing it. Sometimes we can sing things without actually necessarily thinking, yeah, actually, I really want that. That's why I'm just taking this back to this. I want to encourage us. Amen. Lord, what's that? Yeah, I'm looking for that. Please, Lord, do it here today in each of our hearts and lives. Yeah? Amen? Amen. 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 Great. Well, hey, it's it's so good to be with you. Thank you that you can lose the words now if you're able to. But I know Joe's gone again, so... Um, uh, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having us. Um, uh, it's lovely to see some folks who were at the leadership conference this week. I don't know whether you're aware, but we were running a leadership conference in Bournemouth as our commission family of churches. Had about 400 gathered there, and it was so good to meet old friends, uh, catch up with people I hadn't seen for two, two and a half years. Um, there was some brilliant teaching there reminding us on the centrality of God's word, the work of his spirit, our relevance to society today, uh, seeking a tangible sense of God's presence, all, all things like that and so much more. I want to encourage you. You may think, well, I'm not really a leader. Um, you know, I couldn't go. Uh, well, okay, we've missed it now in one sense. But if it comes out online, and I don't know whether it is or it isn't going to be available as recordings, but if it is, I'd really like to encourage you, have a listen. Okay, you don't need to be a leader to listen to it. Okay. Just think, I want to listen to it. I want to be fed and listen to the main sessions, which I think were the main ones which were recorded. Uh, But also, I want to encourage you. uh, I I think I saw the flyers on your information table. We've got this thing called Commission Festival coming up at the end of August. Um, It used to be called West Point because it happened at West Point. It's moved location, so it's changed its name. And uh, uh, I'm told that 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 will be the cheapest Christian festival in the UK this year, even though the prices may seem high. That's what I've been told. Um, I haven't done the research myself, so don't blame me if I've got that wrong. But that was, I, I got that from a reliable source. What a brilliant opportunity to be together as a church. Yes. Yes. 
That's one church camping together. I mean, man, do you get to know people when you camp well together? <laughs> Good fun. And, uh, and, and coming together to worship as a church in a bigger setting, part of our big family of churches, seeing what God's doing across the nations. You know, God's, on, God's been at work even over these last two and a half years. I think sometimes we can think, oh, well, the last two and a half years, well, just write that off. It, it got lost, but... You know, God's been at work in these last two and a half years. You know, our churches in India have, gathered, uh, have grown almost exponentially. I'm not quite sure how many churches we have in India any longer. Because every time I talk to Vinu, it's a different number. Between three and four hundred, something of that sort of order, as I understand it. Um, uh, but I wouldn't want to, you know, please don't ask me how many exactly, because I haven't got a clue. Um, uh, we've welcomed our first church into the, uh, from Canada into our commission family in the last year. A uh, lovely uh, church which is going through a renewal in a small town called Red Deer in between Calgary and Edmonton in Alberta, so that's Western Canada. Had the privilege of welcoming them, them into our family churches. We've got other uh, groups of churches uh, looking in, both in the UK and elsewhere in the world. So, hey, we want to understand more about what God's doing with you and, and what God's about in these days. And, uh, you know, and then I, I'm here, and this is another story I could tell of God's goodness. I mean, I just think this is wonderful. I've never been in this, this hall before with so many people. I, mean, I, I find that just thrilling, just to see so many gathered here. And then thinking, one day, those will just be folks from Wimborne and this surrounding area yeah. filling a hall like this. Because that, what, that's what God's called us to. Hey, we're people of promise. We're called to see his kingdom come. Well, if we see his kingdom come, that means the church will grow. <laughs> we, we are not here just to grow the church because we believe in big churches. We don't. But we do believe that the gospel is relevant to society today. And so, hey, yeah, that means we've got a message to take. That means we've got something to share with others which is going to affect their lives. And we just need to be reminded of that. I think in these days where there's so much talk of hardship and uh, difficulty and financial uncertainty and political uncertainty and economic uncertainty and uh, all the other things you can think of and war in Ukraine and other wars elsewhere in the world, uh, people are, are riddled with fear at the moment. I don't know whether you know that. People are riddled with fear, but we are a community of faith. And faith beats fear, hands down. And we've got a message of hope and grace and love which we can share. And I'm completely off my notes already, which isn't a good, th- good start, really. But I, I hope you, you're, you're just sensing, a, hey, this is what we're about. This is what we're giving our lives to. Isn't this a privilege? Isn't this a great thing that God's about that we get to be involved with? And in one sense, that is sort of actually what I'm wanting to preach on. It wasn't completely away from my notes, because when Paul asked me to preach today, I, I felt God really stir me and take me to a passage I'll read in a minute or two from uh, the book of Genesis. And then I was doing some of my prep on Monday morning, and um, I think it must have been Paul uh, Facebooked um, a link to uh, John preaching here last Sunday. And I thought, oh, I'll just have a quick look, see what they're into. I, in the back of my mind, I thought, I think you're reading the book of Hebrews or working through the big book of Hebrews. And, um, and, and, and what I'd been stirring with was about Abraham, who obviously appears as one of the great heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. I know you haven't got there. You were in, I think, Hebrews 7, something like that. End of 6, early 7, something like that. But then I was listening to the beginning of John's preach, and he was talking about Melchizedek. And the passage I want to read to you is the follow-on passage from 
Genesis 15, which John was referring to, and I guess Paul was as well, probably in, in preaching. And so if you've got your Bible with you, uh, I'd like to encourage you and ask you to turn to Genesis 15, unless it comes up on the screen, in which case you can read it there. I don't know how you do things here. Um, we're only going to read the first six verses. Before we do that, though, I just want to uh, remind us, or for some of us it may be news, uh, about who this man Abraham was. Um, uh, so uh, Abraham, Abraham, or Abraham, subsequently known as Abraham, was given a promise by God. He was given a promise by God that he would be the father of a multitude, of a nation would flow out of him and Sarah, his wife. And that this would be God's people. That, that was the, that, that's a bit of the background for us to understand. Now, interestingly, Paul writing to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 29 says, Hey, and don't forget, you're heirs of that promise. That is, all believers live as heirs of that promise. We are a people today. If you're in Christ, we live under the benefit of that promise made to Abraham thousands of years ago. Okay, so this is why it's important for us to go back and just see the big picture, remind ourselves of the big picture. So Abraham starts his journey of faith, as it were, with God. He decides he's going to move out from where he is because God's called him to go somewhere else. Anybody know roughly what age he was when he started his journey? Uh, you're, you're, a bit, you're a bit hopeful, but yeah, probably mid-70s. Uh, when he actually started, when he responded and initially started to go out. Can you imagine, 75, oh, it's time to go on a journey. It's time to go on a great journey with God. Can I just say, age is no limitation to God. I feel like God spoke to me beforehand when I was doing this preparation for this, and he said, just say that, age is no limitation to God. You're never too old, and you're never too young for God to use in his purposes. And we can discount ourselves both ways. We say, oh, well, yeah, yeah. look at the elders. They're all in their, I don't know how old they are, 40s. Let's call them all in their 40s. I know some of them are older. <laughs> Great laugh, to, uh, Cain. I like that. Um, you, know, you have to be in your 40s before God can use you. Sorry, Dale, I don't know whether you've yet got to that august stage. Oh, I'm sorry, my friend. <laughs> there you go. You say that's the exception. I know. It's good to have a bit of fun sometimes. You're never too old. You're never too young. There are people in this room who have discounted themselves in God's purposes because you've said, I'm too young. I'm only in my 20s. Hey, great. God can use you. God can use you in his plans and purposes. Ah, oh, but I'm in my 70s, Andrew. I'm in my 80s, Andrew. God, yeah, no, I, I've done the journey of faith with him. Now's my time to stop and rest. No, no, your time to stop and rest is when he takes you to glory. And I'm not sure how restful that's going to be in one sense, but it's going to be amazing and fantastic. And it'll be very refreshing. Let's just remind ourselves, age is no barrier. So, sorry, we are coming to this passage, honestly, but I just want to uh, paint this as a big picture. Let's understand how God uses people. And so, um, the, the, the um, passage we're coming to 
is just after Abraham or Abraham has rescued Lot, his nephew. Oh, yeah, his nephew. And, um, and then you come to this bit where Abraham uh, brings worship effectively or, or pays homage to Melchizedek. And so this has been a time of success and blessing. And then this is what God says. Verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Wow. But Abram said, oh, sovereign God, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, you've given me no children, so a servant in my house will be my heir. And the word of the Lord came to, Ab- uh, came to Abram. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Father, as we just spend a little bit of time considering your word, we ask you would lay deep foundations into our lives of your word, which we'd be able to stand on and build on. Lord, free us to be the people you've called us to be. Help us to see the amazing uh, promises and vision you have for us, your church. And help us to live it out for your glory and honor. Because we love you, Lord. You're precious. You're so, so precious to us. We want to give everything we have to you. Amen. Amen. So I just want to draw five really simple points from this passage. The first is this. It's in verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. What was the word of the Lord? Shout it out. I want to hear it. What was the word of the Lord to Abram? Don't be afraid. Fantastic. Thank you, Cain, and others who joined him. Don't be afraid. I think, why, would, why is God saying that to him there? You know, it sounds like he's just had a really successful thing. He knows what he's called to. Why is God saying, don't be afraid to him there? What's going on? Why, why, would, what, why, why would he want to do that at this point? Why would the Lord want to remind him, don't be afraid? And then, of course, onto that, he adds, I'm your shield and your very great reward. The reality of life is that fear can strike at any point in time. We can be incredibly successful or we can be struggling and fear can be present. Fear sneaks up on us. It can take us unaware. Fear can runs with anxiety. They're bedfellows, aren't they? Fear and anxiety together. Well, what's fear do? Well, fear looks to immobilize us as Christians. It looks to rob us of faith as Christians. That's really what fear does. It takes away that sense of, oh, I can trust God. I, I can trust God in this. No, oh, I've got to be fearful. I'm elderly. I've got to protect myself. I can't, can't step out now. I'm 75. Lord, what are you talking about having kids? Look at, look at Sarah. <laughs> no. And there are many years yet to come before the kids came. 
gazing afresh on God, reminding ourselves of who our Father is, is a great way for faith to be refreshed, for faith to be rekindled, for faith to be restored. I want to encourage us in these days where fear is so prevalent and uh, is just pushing at the doors of our lives, what do we do? We gaze on God. We gaze on God. We fix our eyes on Jesus, author and perfecter of our faith. We remind ourselves of the greatness of God. We remind ourselves of the names of God. Hey, he's our Lord, our provider, our healer, our saviour. We remind ourselves of who God is. And, and in so doing, we allow that faith to stir again. That confidence, that trust in God. Yeah, I know I can, God, I can trust God in this set of circumstances. I can trust God uh, with this situation in my work. I tr- can trust God in whatever I'm facing today. And I want to encourage us, whatever you're facing, whatever's going on in your life at the moment, fix your eyes on Jesus. Remind yourself how faithful God is and make him your magnificent obsession. Obsess on him, not on the anxiety, the fear, the worry. Let faith arise. And so as a people of promise, a people called to see the kingdom of God come, we need to look on him. We need to gaze our eyes on him and let faith be stirred in our hearts and our lives. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, God gives us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline. Let's look for those things. The power of God. Wow. Wow. How do we get that? From his spirit. So we need to be a people of the spirit then. We need to be soaking in his spirit, being filled with his spirit. Let's not let fear get in. Let's not give it any room at all. Let's recognize it for what it is, a temptation, yes, but we don't have to succumb to it. Let's choose to fix our eyes on him instead. So that's the first point I just want to draw Uh, from this passage. Let's not be afraid. Let's remember who he is. Let's fix our eyes. Let's gaze on him. The second's this. And you may think this is an odd order in one sense, but Abraham, the next two verses, Abraham's just really real with God, isn't he? He goes, but sovereign God, he doesn't bring God down to his level. He holds him high. Sovereign God, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate, etc., etc. You've given me no children. So a servant in my house, uh, household is going to be my heir. How can this be, God? You've spoken to me about this promise. You've said, I'm going to be father of a multitude. I mean, that's almost embarrassing at the moment. It's just me and Sarah. Feels a bit awkward. You can be Abraham. Oh, oh well, where's the multitude? Can't see them. Got no, no kids yet. I'm 75, Lord. Can I just encourage us? We can be real with God. It's okay to be real with him. Whatever you're going through, whatever your circumstances are, the Father both knows about them and can work in them and through them. That's the story of Abraham. Abraham. 
faith needs to operate in reality. Let's not get into some sort of hyper, sort of hyperspace almost, where we, we, well, we, this, is, this is the reality, and yet you know, I, I, I'm, I'm believing for this. Let's put our trust in God. Yes, absolutely. Let's fix our eyes on him. Let's trust him completely. But let's also be doing so in the context of what's going on in our lives today. Let's not forget the present. But let's trust God in the present. So secondly, let's be real. When we are... um, When we're tempted to fear, let's be real. Let's call it out for what it is. When we're feeling anxious, let's call it out for what it is. When we're feeling condemned, let's call it out for what it is. God loves to meet us in our circumstances. That's the story of so many different characters that we can read about in the Bible, isn't it? Yeah, Moses, Abram, we could go to Saul who becomes Paul. They're real in their circumstances and God meets them wham, bam, there. So why can't he do it in our lives? Well, the answer is, of course, he can, and he loves to. And we'll all have stories of that. I'm not telling you anything new in one sense. I'm just trying to remind us that actually as a people of the promise, people who live under the promises of God, let's be real. Let's trust God. Verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to him. And the word of the Lord came to him. What's God's word for you today? What's God speaking to you about? That's a good question to ask. Don't know if you do that. Father, what are you speaking to me about at the moment? What's your word to me in these days? Now, of course, we need to be here in the Bible if we want to know what God's word to us is in these days. But also, because this brings us the word of God, but also we need to look for the prophetic to be at work in our lives, for God to speak into our lives. Here, we have a word, a now word from God to Abraham. This this man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. I mean, can you imagine that? Lord, I'm 75. No, no. A son from your own body will be your heir. And if that isn't enough, <laughs> then, hey, let's, let's go outside a moment. I wonder what I can see if I go outside. If I look out here, I see lots of trees. I wonder whether I could count all the leaves on the trees that I can see. Anybody want to have a guess how many there are there? Quite a few. There's a good view out there. There's a lot of trees out there. Well, it wasn't quite the same as that. It was look up into the sky, see the stars. And we know there are millions upon millions of stars. That's going to be your offspring. (laughs) This man who's got no kids yet, he's 75. (laughs) That's going to be the people that are going to come from you. We need both. We need God's written word to be speaking to our hearts and lives. And there's so much there which we need to grab hold of and put into practice. That you know, None of us are going to run out of stuff there. 
But sometimes God also wants to speak prophetically into our hearts and lives. That's great too. Let's look for both of those things. You may be in a particular set of circumstances at the moment where you say, I need to know what God wants. Ask him for him to speak into your life. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, would you use someone to speak powerfully into my life today? Help me to understand what you're doing in my life at the moment. Give me, give me some encouragement, please, Lord. And then put yourself in the way of it. You know, if, you get, if, you, if you say that and then you decide to stay at home and never connect with anybody or anything else, it's unlikely it's going to happen. Of course, God can speak through his word, but if you're asking for somebody to you know, bring a word for you or something like that, you need to put yourself amongst people. Put, put yourself in a place where God's spirit's at work. But also use those gifts that you've got that you can do that for others too. So let's handle the word of God. Let's be in the word of God. Let's let it speak to us. Let's, let's go and explore it. Let's dig into it. Let's make sure it's high on our reading list. That we're in there daily. Being fed by it. Being drawn closer to the Father through it. We understand what he's calling us to. So we can genuinely put those things into practice. And as we do that, let's also keep an ear out. Lord, what are you saying in these days? What are you doing in these days? How am I to respond in these days? What's, my, what's the part you've got for me to play in these days? Let's be both. It's not one or the other, it's both. And of course, where there is the prophetic I just want to underline this because I think we're going to see some prophetic words in a few minutes. Make sure you weigh it. Make sure you hear it well. Often the prophetic comes with, as it were, conditions. There are things we need to do to respond to it. But also let's make sure we've weighed it well. Let's make sure we've weighed it well against Scripture. Let's make sure we've asked others, well, what do you, how do you, what did you hear there? I I heard God was giving me a Porsche. I've just got to sit here and wait. Oh, really? Ah, that's not what I heard at all. Or whatever it may well be. Let's make sure we draw others in. And let's make sure we weigh things well. Now, so how did Abraham respond? You know, you get this amazing picture. Look up to the heavens, count the stars, look at the trees, count the leaves. So shall your offspring be. What was Abraham's response? Well, it was this. He believed the Lord. He put his trust in the Lord. He put his faith to work in God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. Wow. Wow. Living rightly before God. That's what righteousness is. In other words, God goes, great. I love this man. I love this faith. I love the fact he's putting it into practice. I love that he's getting hold of this. Now, does it mean that Abram was then perfect in everything he did? Ah, ah. Keep reading, you'll find out. It doesn't mean that. It means he was a man on a journey, though. He knew that God had spoken. He had a plan. I wonder how God's spoken into your heart and life. I wonder what, what he's been saying to you. I wonder how you're going to respond. Are you going to respond in faith? Are you going to allow that faith to stir up? Are you going to allow anxiety, fear? Are you going to allow the word to get robbed away from you and lost? Or are you going to grab hold of it and go, oh, wow, yeah. If we'd continued reading, verse 7 onwards, 
You see uh, uh, Abram's response, and uh, there's a whole conversation with him, uh, with God, between God and him, and God speaks to him and shows him, and then Abram gets it wrong again if you go into chapter 16, and he has sex with Hagar because he thinks Sarah's had it. Bless poor old Sarah. I mean, goodness me, how she must feel about that. (laughs) And yet, even then, God restores him again, restores them again. I have three visitors. And gradually, if you keep reading, you turn a few more pages, we get to the birth of Isaac in chapter 21. Hey, Abram was a person of promise. He knew God had spoken into his heart and life. He got hold of that. Did he get it right perfect all the time? No, there's hope for the rest of us, therefore. Let's be a people who are saying, I want to be on that journey, Lord. I don't want my age to be restrictive. I don't want to uh, hold back. I don't want to live in fear and anxiety. (laughs) The things that actually Abram later on gives way to effectively, which when Hagar happens, I want to stay in a place of faith. I want to hear God's word to me. I want to absorb that. I want to live with that. I want your Holy Spirit to stir that in me, Lord. Keep me close to you. There's so much in these six verses we can grab hold of. I'm just giving a quick, quick overview. I want to encourage you to go away and read them. Meditate on them. Stir, let them stir your heart. But for now, I feel it'd be great just to see what God wants to say. Because I think actually for some people here, the uh, Lord's wanting particularly to speak to you today. And, and I've got a few words which I've got notes here, if, I, if that's okay, if I share those first. Is that okay? Um, so um, just to say... You know, if, if I share a word over you, please check it out with somebody else. Do you think that fits? Okay, I, I'm, I'm totally fallible. Ask Emma, she will affirm that. I get things wrong. Okay? So, you know, please, if you don't think it fits, you don't have to hold on to it. Take it away, weigh it. And don't think, oh, well, why did they get a word and I didn't? Okay? This, you know, other people here will have words. Yeah, we can all do this for each other. I'm just, you know, happen to be the guy at the front at the moment doing it. So, uh, Mark and Debbie, I, this is Debbie, isn't it? I've got that right, yeah. Sorry. Um, it's very simple. I felt God wanted to say to you today that he wants to give you fresh, fresh faith for something you've done before. But it will be totally different. Okay? Simple as that. Got nothing more to add to it. I'm sorry, but... Fresh faith for, for, uh, for something you've done before, but it'll be totally different. And I feel there's an impartation of faith. Even now, I believe his spirit is just going to come on you and touch you and stir faith in your hearts and your lives. I feel, Debbie, particularly, it's particularly important for you, and I don't know why. I don't know what we're talking about here. I'm trusting God. You know what God's putting his finger on but I feel there's something particularly there for you. It's for both of you, but I, I feel like you particularly need to know God's in this. And that's what he's doing now. Is that okay? Um, now, this is where I run out of names, because sorry, I don't know many people's names. I've known Mark and Debbie, even though I couldn't remember Debbie's name, uh, for quite some time. Um, so I'm going to point at people, and I hope this is going to make sense. I, please, I'm not here to embarrass you at all. So please don't let me embarrass you, but um, 
almost at the back, you're wearing a black top, you've got glasses and you've got your hand on it. Yeah, okay, great. You know who I'm talking with. I feel the Father wants to say to you, it doesn't have to be this way. There is real freedom in Christ. Now, again, I I don't even know your name. Nobody stitched me up to say this at all, okay? So if it's wrong, that's fine. Bin it. But I feel there's there's an area of your life where you keep on thinking, I'm looking for victory in it, and I'm failing. And you've got to the point where you feel like, oh, maybe I've just got to live with this. I feel the Father wants to encourage you that actually he's, he's touching your heart and life, he's drawing you closer to him, and there is a victory to be had, and there is freedom to be had. Is that okay? Does that make some sort of sense? Good, okay. Get somebody to pray with you afterwards. Uh, you're a couple right on the outskirts there. Yeah, grey, grey, uh, yeah, got you. Something about your kids. I, I don't know whether you saw, I was, um, sometimes I, I wander around during worship because I wanted to see what God's put his finger on. And uh, I saw you with your kids. And I feel God wants to give you uh, a well done in how you love your kids. You need to know he is, he, he is, he's just chuffed with how you look after your kids. <laughs> Getting a bit of a reaction here. <laughs> but he sees your faith and your love and he's at work in their lives. Okay. Good. Oh, dear. Huh. Oh, you're hiding right down there, sitting on the floor, Carl. Could barely see you, but thanks for the yellow jumper. It helped me find you. There's an enlargement. I don't know whether you're aware of uh, the story of Jabez and his mum prayed, oh, the Lord bless you and enlarge your borders. And I feel there is an enlargement taking place in your heart. There's a, really, it feels like there's almost heart surgery going on. It's, it's an increase of capacity, uh, an increase of uh, being able to carry weight and responsibility yeah and it's good and don't be surprised if at times you feel the cut of the surgeon's knife as he's doing that but don't be afraid don't don't give in to fear this is a season of growth significant growth significant increase in capacity Significant increase in ability to carry things, to see things, to respond to him. And so uh, I, I feel like there's a, God wants to encourage you, but warn you, this is what he's doing. And sometimes it may feel, oh, ow, 
And yet within that, there is also a sense of actually, you know, see that this is what God's doing. This isn't just circumstances. This is what God's doing because he's enlarging your heart. And that's a significant thing. And that's because he's got plans and purposes for you, which are way beyond what you can actually ask or imagine. I think we should respond. I'm going to hand over to Paul. I've got further notes, but I think rather than me trying to lead us in response, it's much more appropriate that Paul and the team leads us in response. So God bless you guys. Thank you for having us. It's been great to be with you, but let's respond to Jesus. Yes, let's do that. Should we stand together? Are you, are you, has, has God enlarged your capacity to record that prophetic word and lead us in worship at the same time? That's good. <laughs> That's good. So while the team are getting ready, let me invite. Um, I, th- I th- you know, what a what a pleasure. And I I joked with uh, Ellie, who's leading kids' word, and she said, "I've got plenty to do." And I said, "No, nah, don't worry, we'll finish on time." And I might need someone just to go and prep her and just say, we might be spilling slightly over time with apologies. Um, so if someone wants to mind just dipping into the kids' work and, and um, sharing that with her, that'd be great. Cheers, Dale. Thank you very much. Jill, can I invite you to come forward? We're going to continue our response together as God's, God's church, really. I felt this morning love from a stranger. I've just realized my top is full of hearts. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to happen. Love from a stranger. Is Jesus a stranger to you? Are you aware of how much he loves you? Have you known Jesus in the past and feel that over time he has become a stranger again? Jesus doesn't want to be a stranger. But you're thinking, he doesn't know what I've done what I've been thinking. Yes, he does. You don't surprise him. He knows all about you. And the amazing thing is, he still loves you. He loves you unconditionally, regardless of the past. As the song says, love came down and rescued me. Jesus is that love. He is here to rescue you. Don't keep him as a stranger. Ask him into your life. Recommit your life to him. He loves you. And I asked God for some scripture to back this up. And I was reading Psalm 25 this morning. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over you. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame, but they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Saviour. And my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord.
So, so clearly, I think really what I want to, I think on the back of this, there's, there's some responses to be had, isn't there? Um, I'm going to invite Mark to come and actually just lead us in prayer about spiritual strongholds in a moment. I think Jesus should be broken. I think um, I want to take that opportunity to do that and just pray for us really. And then um, I'm going to ask the analyst to come and just read out of the overflow of her gifting what God has deposited upon her to bring us back to a place of just giving our thanks and steering our gaze back to him who is able to try. Ultimately, it's all about him who in his great grace and mercy is about a business of transforming us. And so I really feel there might be some of these things that people are sharing that are prodding your heart and you need to just grab a family member, you know, another one of the church family, brother or sister in Christ. You might want to come and uh, respond uh, more, you know, for for the front, ask for the elders to be praying for you. But, you know, just I'm going to encourage you to, don't leave it without proactively responding if you feel God is really pushing that button with you. Because there's a grace there for you this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Maybe one or more people here this morning that are, maybe a situation or maybe just a, a, a habit and you've been, before God, you've been saying, am I ever going to be free of this? I just want to pray freedom yeah. in the name of Jesus. One of this, in the mandate, he says, I've, I've come to proclaim freedom to the captives. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that you gave all authority in heaven and on earth to your son, Jesus. So we come in his precious name, wonderful name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we proclaim freedom in this place. We say spiritual oppression go in Jesus' name. And we declare freedom in the name of Jesus. Right, right before we heard from Andrew and we were worshiping the first time, I had a picture of a, uh, a wooden like pontoon or, or kind of um, tying up place for boats on a lake. But it wasn't a lake, it was actually a, 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 um, a harbor. And um, I saw boats, all sorts of boats, big ones and small ones and, you know... <laughs> Very, very sort of work-orientated fishing vessels and some other kind of like more pleasure sort of boats. Just all, all tied up along this wooden pontoon. And, and the point is that, that this harbour was secure and safe and the water was still. And these boats were just bobbing, just bobbing, resting, resting, resting. And then I saw Jesus walking down the pontoon. And as he approached the first boat, he just, he started to untie it. And he moved to the next boat and he untied that one. And he carried on all the way down along both sides and he untied all those boats. 
And he said, go, go. And I believe those boats are individuals here this morning. And you have been tied up, moored up, happy to bob along. And that's okay, that's good. God has taken you through that season of being safe and resting and being at peace. And now he says, go. But some of you in your heart have said, tell me then, Jesus, that it's going to be calm. Tell me that it's not going to be stormy out there, outside the alcove. Jesus said, I'm not going to promise you that. I just promise you this. I promise you I'll be with you. That's the lesson the disciples learned. It don't matter what your boat looks like or how good a sailor you are, it matters who's in your boat. So I want to ask you, this is a moment now. You've heard what God has said to you this morning. I'd ask us all to bow our heads because some of you might not want to come down the front, but this is a moment for you to respond. If you've been bobbing along, resting in the presence of God, and he said to you, go, in whatever way that looks like, that means trust him. That means put your faith in him this morning. So I'm going to ask you, if that's you, if you want to respond in any way this morning to what you've heard, please put your hand up and I'm going to pray over us as a church family. Thank you. There's more of you to do it. Doesn't matter what your boat looks like. It's rickety, it's small, it's just a fishing vessel. Doesn't matter. It's about who's in your boat. And he says, trust me. Heavenly Father, I pray, would you come and fill my brothers and my sisters with faith? Would you pour out your spirit, even now, as they are responding to you in their hearts and saying, yeah, I'm going to go. Whatever that looks like, whatever area of obedience you are calling them to, I pray, fill them with your spirit. Stir a faith in them such as they have never known. Let them keep their eyes on you, knowing that you are in their boat. And that is what matters. Despite the waves and the storms and anything else they encounter, I pray, fill them with faith to leave the safety of the place they've been and go out into the ocean you've called them into to serve you in the way you've called them. I pray, bless them, Lord, as they have hearts to bless you and be obedient to you. I pray your blessing over them. Banish all fear banish anxiety and worries we've already heard this morning we hear your voice i ask you lord bless them now in the name of jesus church this was almost a wrap but I feel with this the Lord is telling me no Alice don't wrap Um, (laughs) we hold these truths to be self-evident God is faithful his grace is decadent covenant keeper to a thousand generations trusting in Jesus means no condemnation 
While we were still sinners, hearts weighed down by pride, Jesus was running his arms open wide. He made a way to be right with God. Now he crossed that chasm. Let me tell you how. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Our God is just and his blood finished it. Messiah, Redeemer, killed at Calvary. He paid the price, the death meant for me. God so loved the world that he went to the slaughter to ransom and rescue his lost sons and daughters. Now he's restored to the Father's right hand. He's walking us home to that promised land. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that God is good, completely benevolent. He plants the promises, he pours out provision, his bounty and gifts know no restriction. He is our good father who wants to be known. He beckons us close to his glorious throne. He is the good shepherd, he loves his sheep. Come put your trust in him, take that leap. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that God's not dead, his word's still relevant. He weaves the lace of space and time. He writes my story, every single line. We get to spend what is left of history, joyfully unraveling his holy mystery. So come meet the author, the artist, the architect. He is astounding, you ain't seen nothing yet. Um, the, the rivers meeting and the harbours and Muddyford and things like that and Dale brought a word just now which I didn't actually put my hand up but in a way it's a response to that I feel uh, about being tied up to the dock um, I want to tell you a, a little story um, I went fishing many many years ago with Guy Miller um, in Paul Harbour with his two boys and had an absolutely wonderful time wonderful time and uh, so enjoyable um, they're just peaceful in the harbour there. And uh, a little while later, I was invited to go again in Andrew Lawrence's boat. And this is, don't get frightened to go fishing with Andrew Lawrence, but um, <laughs> it's just <laughs> a very different experience. Uh, we went out from, uh, we'd got it moored up by the river, and we went out and we got to Muddyford, which we were talking about earlier. And I looked out down the run. Uh, which is what they call that, that narrow pit. And I looked out at the, the sea and I thought, he is never going to take us out there in this little boat. It is serious out there. No way are we going out there. But Andrew aimed the boat out there and we went out there. We went around by Hengersbury Head and, and I puked again and again and again and again to the point where they had to, when we, when, when we all thought this is getting too much, we went back in and they actually let me off and I walked back from Hangersbury head all the way back to Christchurch. Um, so, nothing against Andrew Lawrence here. <laughs> Just be sure you've got good sea legs if you go fishing with Andrew Lawrence. But um, the point I'm making is that, you know, you, you, can, you can feel, you know, I'm not going to tie up because I'm safe here in this harbour and I'm bobbing up and down gently. And, and I do feel that's been me, actually, uh, for some time. But there's that fear. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going there again. I'm, I'm safe here. This is this is good. Uh, you know, I'm enjoying church. I'm enjoying my life. Um, and you know, yeah, someone might invite me out for a fishing trip, but I'm not going to go out. I can see 
I've been there before and I know what it's like. And I'm wretching my guts up and the rest of it. You know, and sometimes things do go wrong. Things, you know, it doesn't go very well. But, uh, you know, it may or may not. I, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, every time you're going to go fishing in that sense that it's going to go great or go wrong. But it's that fear. It's that sense of I'm going to stay here tied up because I know this. And this is safe, you know. So, okay. So I'm hearing that really as a, a, a huge encouragement to not be fearful about going again. Don't be fearful about going again. And uh, what a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are many guys who, whose hearts have been touched and shaped and prodded by the words that have happened this morning. What a privilege it's been to be together as church family. I would like to just keep going. Uh, I do want to honor our, our precious kids workers and uh, serve them well. So that is my one notice that I always forget to do, which I have remembered. Please don't forget to get your children. <laughs> but I do, I also want to say though, let's not depart here with a sense of, oh, it's done, thanks very much. Let's be outworking this stuff with brothers and sisters together. Let's, let's stay, let's hang out, let's be together, let's pray for one another. Let's rejoice over one another. Let's, uh, let's sharpen one another. Don't, don't just disappear. Just hang and be family together because it has been a significant time. I do want to just thank the band. I think it'd be good to honor the guys who served us. And great to honor Andrew for serving us with the word as well. So thank you, Andrew. Yeah. So on that note, God bless. Have a great week ahead. And we'll see you soon.